Hey everyone, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so proud to offer the 12-week resistance band training program, the most affordable, accessible workout program out there. And what do I mean by accessible? You can do it anywhere. And by anywhere, I mean anywhere. The 12-week resistance band training program also offers full overview videos, instructions for each and every exercise, as well as modifications for those exercises. We also offer an amazing support community through a closed Facebook group created by the users of the 12-week resistance band training program, as well as direct email support with me. So join all the other inspirational stories and testimonials and get the 12-week resistance band training program. And remember, if you have any questions, feel free to email me, stevierichardsfitness at gmail.com. Thank you. God bless you. And remember, I'm here every step of the way to help you through this fitness journey. This is the Voices of Misery podcast. This show isn't for the easily offended, so PC Police on Patrol stand by. You've been warned. Now, let's join the nerd and nerdette with another podcast for that ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Voice of Misery podcast. I'm giddy right now. I'm very nervous because our guest is one of my personal favorite uh, people, basically. Um, I've been listening to his show for a while. He's the uh, proprietor of the brand. But more importantly, he was a huge part of my teenage growing up because he wrote some of the greatest storylines for some of the greatest wrestlers. I mean, I've talked about it before. My all-time favorite, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Him and uh, Vince Russo here, very tight. Um, he wrote some of the greatest storylines of all time about wrestling the highs that it's never reached since or before. Um, he's done it in multiple companies, so you can't say it was a fluke in one because he did it in pretty much every place he ever uh, he, he worked for. The guy with the golden pen, Mr. Vince Russo. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Oh, no problem, guys. I am happy to be here. Um, you know, you guys are supporters of the brand at Benjamin Media. And we really, really appreciate that. And man, this is how this is how the business is, man. One hand washes the other. I'm a firm believer in that, so I am happy to sit down and spend some time with you guys. And I do apologize for not being able to put the video up because you you, you were ribbing us a little bit about not having the video up and saying that we're probably shady looking individuals. Yeah, well, I st- I st- that's still in the back of my mind. I'm asking myself, uh, are they having technical difficulties? Because I'm talking to two very shady people, and they know once I see them uh, that that I will derive at that. So we have to see how this thing goes. <laughs> All right, so first let's just address the elephant in the room, okay? Uh, you have a post on Twitter of you and Chris Jericho, a very recent pitcher. Um, are, are you the person that stole the AEW title? I did not steal the AEW title, but it's funny, bro, because I got the skinny on the whole story uh, from Chris yesterday. He uh, he explained to me everything that happened. You know, bro, it's funny. It's like you said... Uh, you know, you said coming on here that, you know, you were a little nervous talking to me, which, bro, you, you don't have to be, like, at all. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you and I are one in the same, and everything's cool. But, bro, it's so funny because 
I had to do that Jericho interview yesterday. Hey, listen, man, I, let, let's let's be honest. Um, as much as you think like this interview will help your podcast, bro, getting on Jericho's podcast is huge. So, yeah. like, I am very, very thankful that you know I can go on Chris's podcast. You know, I can promote my show. In, in, in turn, bro, when I bring people to my show now, if you support our show, they're going to find out about you. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is I hadn't seen Chris in 20 years. So as I'm getting ready to go meet him, he had a concert in Denver last night, and I had to go meet him at the venue. Bro, I swear to God, I'm getting ready and everything, and all of a sudden, like, I see me trimming my eyebrows. I see <laughs> me putting on cologne. I'm like, bro, bro I'm going to meet Chris freaking Jericho. What the hell? I'm trimming my eyebrows to meet Chris Jericho? So it, it was kind of weird because I actually caught myself doing that. But, man, I, I hadn't seen Chris in 20 years, bro. And, you know, there's a lot of talk and a lot of nonsense, you know, you know, things are said over 20 years, so, like, you never you never know what you're walking into. But, bro, I could tell you, you know, for being one of the biggest stars in the business, bro, he was the same guy I knew 20 years ago. I mean, nothing about him changed. So real, so down to earth. And, uh, you know, we really, really, really had a good discussion. That's no. awesome. Yeah, now let me ask you a question about Jericho, though, because in the wrestling business, you're known as a guy who um, is, is 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 blacklisted for reasons that um, only you and the people that have an agenda against you ha- uh, know. Uh, Jericho is. I, I mean, bro, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, all, all all I know, bro, is you know, I am very honest about the WWE product. And I've never soft-soaked anything uh, in hopes of getting a job or Vince McMahon calling me. That That's not how I work. You know, I have paid subscribers on the brand. And I they pay to hear my honest opinions. So, bro, there are times I've been brutal on the WWE. And, like, I, I don't know if that's it. I, I really don't know what it is because... I, I don't I don't know what I've done. I mean, I do know, bro. Uh, you know, when China came on my show, she uh, she accused uh, Triple H of uh, of physical abuse, and I know Triple H wasn't happy about that. But, bro, like, what what does that have to do with me? Like, right. I, I didn't side with China. I wasn't there. I didn't know what happened. So China came on my show, and she told her story. And, you know, it got back to me that Triple H was very upset. And, you know, I was told by the person who relayed this art to me, and I'll tell you who it was. It was Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor told me I should have edited that stuff out. And I'm like, Terry, I don't edit out anything any of my guests say. If if a guest comes on my show and they bury me, I am not going to edit it out. Bro, there's freedom of speech. You know, China, you know, Joni told a story. I don't know if that story is true or not. It's not like I championed it because I don't know. I I, I wasn't there, but I certainly am not going to edit. Uh, you know what 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 she has to say on an open free speaking forum. And 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 bro, I'll tell you what. From that point on, it really you know that that's when the hatred started to come with, you know, doing shows about me on the network and burying me on the network. And it's like, bro, 
like she was a guest on my show. I had no idea what she was going to talk about. We 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 didn't we don't talk about that before we get into the interview. But I mean, bro, if if you have heat with me over stuff Joni said, well, bro, I guess I'll never be able to fix that. And I mean, that's that's one hundred percent cool with me. Yeah, you'd be doing a disservice to her if you left out parts of her story and, and, and your right, fan base absolutely. in general. And bro, I have done things to protect the WWE. Like, bro, for instance, China started writing. And, bro, she didn't share the writing with anybody. She sent it to me. And I got to really read, like, you know, firsthand account from China, from China's point of view of what happened during that time with her and Triple H and the Stephanie situation. And then going on to, uh, you know, X-Pac. And, bro, I'll be honest with you, it was not pretty. Okay, bro, she didn't share that with anybody but me. I've not gone public with that. I've not read the memoirs of China because, quite frankly, bro, like, as much as that would be huge for me and the brand because I have this and nobody else does, I don't know if that's what she would have wanted. I, I, I really think that China was writing this stuff because she needed to get it out. And the only person she really could trust with it was me. So, like, I would never, you know, publicize that stuff. But the bottom line is, like, if I really wanted to paint a ugly picture, like, I have the ammunition to do it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not t that type of guy. But I, I certainly am not going to edit anybody that comes on my show. Yeah, jeez. I, I, so, so she sent you this transcript that basically details everything that she went through, and geez. bro, unbelievable. The, the bro, the the words were so powerful. I, I mean, bro, the pain um, and the heartache and the heartbreak that that I I felt like reading this stuff, um, bro. It, it 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 blew me away. And the fact of the matter is, bro. Like, like she didn't know what she what she wanted to do with this, but like like I said, bro, in reading this, it was so deep within her. I knew she had to get this stuff out. But um, that that's the thing, bro. Hunter, if I want to make you look bad, bro, like I I've, I've got the I I've got the resources to do that. That I'm not that guy. I'm not interested in doing that. But I certainly uh, don't think I made a mistake by letting China come on my show and speaking, you know, freely. And, I mean, if you have a problem with that, then you've got a problem with that, bro. Obviously, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not going to apologize. I mean, bro, freaking Dave Meltzer can come on my show tomorrow and bury me. I'm not going to edit it. I, 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 don't, I, I don't do that, bro. I don't think Meltzer has the ammunition to bury anybody. That guy's got more skeletons in his closet than just about oh, anybody. Gosh, I, told. Bro, I, I agree. I agree. All right, now, it's really cool that you uh, mentioned that you had the information on China because it, it just shows that in wrestling, not everything has to be about backstabbing, insecurity, paranoia, stuff like that. Like, you actually built genuine relationships with some of these people. Now, what separates somebody from, like, a Chris Jericho, one of the biggest stars on the planet, you know, um, and he maintains a tight relationship with you, but you got all these, like, yes-men in the company that want to bury you for whatever reason. I mean, like, what makes Chris Jericho, and like, so special and just the guys that well, you surround yourself bro, with now? It, 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 it is so easy. It, it is so easy to explain this to you, okay, bro? 
because there are two types. Of, there are two types of wrestlers in the business, bro. There are two types of well, actually, there are three types of wrestlers. Let, let me break them down for you. The number, the, the wrestler number one is the wrestler that's a mark for himself, bro. I get buried by a lot of these young wrestlers, and he, here's the reason why. And not even some young wrestlers, bro. Some veteran veteran wrestlers do. Here's the reason why. With today's marks. Okay, bro, it is cool to bury Vince Russo. You know, that, 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 that's why Cody Rhodes made that comment about me being a homophobe. Because he does, Cody Rhodes does not know me. I've never met Cody. I've never had a conversation with Cody. I had great relationships work, working with Dusty. I had great relationships work, working with Dustin. Never had a problem with either one of them. He comes along, uh, you know, Ryan Satin of all people, you know, labels me a homophobe. Freaking uh, Cody comes along and repeats that. Why? Because, bro, that, that'll be cool with the cool kids. The Marks hate Vince Russo. And if I throw this out there, bro, they're going to love me. I'm going to be a huge baby face. And, and a lot of the people, a lot of the younger athletes, they do that because the cool thing has has become to hate Vince Russo. If I hate Vince Russo, then I'm, I'm you know, bro, I'm, I'm going to get over with the Marks. Meanwhile, Cody, you know, with all due respect, bro, I got a family. You know, I've got a wife. I've got kids. Okay, bro, I am not a homophobe. Bro, if I was a homophobe and a racist and everything, you know, they, they, my, my critics say I am, do you think, bro, for a second I would have had a 30-year career in the wrestling business? The reason why I went through three companies is because, bro, I got along with the people that I worked with. And I was very fair, and it was it was a a, 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 a a fair playing field. I didn't care if you were gay, lesbian, black, white. It didn't matter to me, bro. I'm not that guy. So you you you've you've, you've got the you've got the wrestlers who are the marks, and and you know, bro, they they, they believe you know they've convinced themselves wrestling is real. They're gonna cater to the marks. If the marks hate Vince Russo, we're, we're going to bury Vince Russo because that's gonna get me over with the marks. So, so that that's category A. Category B, bro, is your politicians. You know, people that will stab you in the back, bury you, make shit up about you, kiss Vince McMahon's ass in order to move forward. And the reason they have to do that, bro, is because. They know they're not as talented as you are. They know they don't have the work ethic that you have. So the only way they're going to beat you is, you know, undermine you, to to bury you and start rumors about you. That's the only way they're going to do it. I swear to God, bro, to this day, you know, Jim Cornette and Bruce Pritchard and, and Eric Bischoff are so jealous of me that it's freaking sad. I mean, bro, all three of those individuals, there were certain things that they did better than me. You know, bro, you know, Jim Cornette, the, the, the gift of gab, the the mind of this guy, uh, you know, the, the cutting the promos. I, I mean, bro, Jim Cornette is really a brilliant individual. You know, him and Dutch Mantel were, were two of the smartest guys I ever met. Bro, I give that to Jim Cornette, and, and like when it comes to you know just thinking off the top of his head, being quick, lip, lip, 
you know, and you know, just some of the things that come out of his mouth are brilliant. Like those are qualities and tw- and, and traits I wish I had. Okay, bro, Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff is great in business. I say it all the time. I put my own businesses out of business. Okay, I suck at business. Bischoff's great at that. Bruce Pritchard is a great storyteller. I wasn't surprised when his podcast took off. Nobody could tell a story like Bruce Pritchard. Bro, I have no problem saying that. I have no problem giving them props. But, bro, at the end of the day, none of those three guys write a better television show than Vince Russo. Like, I'm sorry, guys. You don't. But you never hear one of them say you know, holy shit, bro, Vince really knew how to write a television show. Vince really knew how to craft stories. Vince really knew how to get characters over. Bro, you never hear any one of them say that, which to me is freaking sad. I mean, guys, the numbers are there. You know, there's a reason why I was put in that spot. Okay, bro, that's one thing that I did better than you. So what? There are things that you do better than me. And I have no problem saying that. But it, it, it's the jealousy that, I mean, my God, bro, 20 years later, weekly, 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 you know, trying to, you know, bury, you know, my accomplishments and my legacy. Bro, you'll never bury my accomplishments and legacy because those numbers will never go away. You, you, you can say whatever you want. We know the WWE's before Vince numbers, before Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara, and you know them after. Like, that's not ever going to go away. So you can talk till you're blue in the face, bro. You could bury me. I'm this, I'm that, I'm everything else. Bro, those numbers are never going to go away, and that's what drives them crazy. Then, bro, that, so, so those are your politicians. Bro, here's a great story I just read today. This is how it works. People think I bullshit. No, guys, I don't bullshit. This is how it works. Bro, I had a laugh today. I was reading a story on Wrestling Inc. And I was reading how, first of all, Eric Bischoff hired a writer from Sons of Anarchy. I saw that. Now, bro, yeah, if you know Eric, bro, he was a mark for that television show. Because in Eric's mind, like, Eric is a biker. You know, he used to do the, uh, bro, what is that thing? That they <laughs> the DOA, over? wasn't it the D- Disciples of Apocalypse or something like that? He, he was no, some what, biker group. What, what's that rally that they go to, you know, every year? It's in, um, oh, shoot, what's the name of it? But, but we have one here called Eric, Bike Week. He's a biker. So, like, Eric loved the show. Eric was a mark for Sons of Anarchy. All right, bro, so what does Eric do? Deep down inside, Eric knows, bro, I'm not a writer. I, I don't know how to write. Like, he knows that, bro. So he has to hire a guy. He's a mark for Sons of Anarchy. He hires this guy from Sons of Anarchy. Fine, bro, no problem, okay? But the problem is <laughs> that apparently the guy fell asleep in the in, in the room, in, in the writer's room his first day on the job. Okay? Oh, my God. Now, bro, here, here, here's where it comes in. Here's where it comes in. Bro, who, uh, you know, who ratted the guy out? Michael Hayes, bro. <laughs> See, this is how it works, bro. So, you know, because they're all jockeying for position. You know, Michael Hayes has been there forever, and no question about it, was butthurt when Eric got hired, was butthurt when Heyman got put in that spot, was butthurt when Bruce Pritchard was brought back in. So now, bro, they're all jockeying for position. They all have agendas. So of all people to find this guy sleeping in in the writer's room, who is it? 
Michael Hayes, bro. And now all of a sudden, oh my God, bro, this writer that Eric Bischoff hired fell asleep in the writer's room. See, bro, that's how they work. Now, what any, what any, what a, what a normal human being like me would have done was, if I would have seen this, you know, I would have personally tapped on the guy's shoulder, gotten him up, bro. Let me talk to you over here for a second. I, I would have took him to the side and I would have kind of how explained to him how these things work. And like, bro, you can't do this. Like, you can't. Like, man, if if you feel you're fading. You know, go get a cup of coffee, go outside, get some fresh air, whatever you have to do. Bro, nobody would have ever known about it. But how it works there is, you know, now Michael Hayes is jealous of the position of Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff hired this guy. Michael Hayes sees the guy that Eric Bischoff hired sleeping in the in, in the writer's room. And, of course, Michael Hayes is going to make sure everybody finds out about that. That, that that's Pathetic. how it works wow. and bro the third part is and I'm sorry to be long winded oh, no, I never fine. really talk about these things the third part is bro the business man okay bro the person who is in the wrestling business to make money it, bro they could be in any business they could be a, a, working for Apple they, they're, in, they're businessmen they're in the business to make money. Rock was in the business to make money. Austin was in the business to make money. Kevin Nash was in the business. Chris Jericho was in the business to make money. So when Chris Jericho looks at a Vince Russo, Chris Jericho knows Vince Russo helped me make money. The Rock knows Vince Russo helped me make money. You know, Austin knows Russo's writing helped me make money. Those guys know that. They're not marks for themselves. They're not going to. They're not going to cater, you know, to the to the wrestling marks by burying Vince Russo. And bro, they're also not going to kiss up to Vince McMahon by burying Vince Russo. These guys know that I assisted them with with my work in them making money. Bro, Shawn Michaels would tell you the same thing. And, 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 you know, the bottom line is, bro, this guy was an asset to us. This guy helped make us money. So those are the three types of individuals you have. And Chris Jericho is clearly one of those guys that, bro, this is a business. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to do podcasts. I'm going to, you know, start working in New Japan. I got a rock band, Fozzie. That's how Chris Jericho is. So, like, th- those really are the three different types of wrestlers that I've dealt with throughout my entire career. Okay, excellent. Now, my wife did want to ask you a question really quick, but before I pass it off to her, I just want to ask you something really fast because it just popped in my head here about Vince McMahon. Does he prefer someone kiss his ass, or does he appreciate a more stand-up guy that will tell him about himself? Oh, he, he prefers a more stand-up guy, bro. I mean, they're, they're, bro, I said some things to Vince McMahon, bro, you know, pushing pushing the limits a couple of times. Bro, we're like, I'm like, he's going to fire me. Like, or, I, I mean, I really felt a couple of times I went over the line. But, bro, I was the only one there doing that. Nobody else was doing that. He knew I was telling him the way it was. And why, bro? Because, bro, you're paying my paycheck. 
Okay, my responsibility to you is to be honest with you. And he, here's the difference, man. A lot of people kiss his ass, you know, because they don't want to lose their job and they want that spot and they love the wrestling business. They're marks for the wrestling business. Bro, when Bruce Pritchett got rehired, I guarantee you it was the happiest day in his life. Like, that is a shoot. Me, on the other hand, bro, I had all the confidence in the world. Bro, if you want to fire me uh, because I'm telling you something you don't want to hear, but the reason I'm telling you is to benefit your company, if you want to hire, fire me over that, bro, go ahead and fire me over that. I will go find a job someplace else. I, I mean, that's the way I looked at it, bro, because I was doing it to help him. And, and bro, that's why he never fired me. Because he knew that's why I was doing it. He knew I didn't have an agenda. He knew I didn't have ego. He knew I wasn't looking for the corner office. He knew, bro, I just wanted the WWE to be the absolute best it could be. Okay, fair enough. Um, my question was, I wanted to know what you would change with the storylines that are going on now. Because we, we've been watching wrestling for a long time. And... Just recently, we kind of stopped. We'll record it and fast forward through the whole thing because the storylines are just so damn boring <laughs> that they don't suck you in anymore. So how what would you do differently? Uh, I, exactly what I did at WCW when I went back. When, when, I, when I went back to WCW after I went home and then I came back three months later, we, we, we just started all over again. That's what, this, in my opinion, bro, there's nothing working in the WWE. There's nothing working. Even the fiend, bro. As my, I love Bray, mm-hmm. I love the character. I love. I, I, I'm not gonna say I love what they're doing because they could be doing so much more. I would be having a field day, you know, working with Bray Wyatt and working with that character and the things that we would do. I'd be having a field day with it. There is nothing working. All there is is match after match after match. We're wrestling because I'm jealous of you. We're wrestling because I'm a better wrestler. Like, just childish, mm-hmm. juvenile. It, it, it's it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. I would just blow it up. Just, okay, bro, we're done. We're, we're going to go on to a new chapter now, which is exactly what me and Ed did when we got in the WCW. A lot of things they weren't doing wasn't working. Jeff, uh, Ed, and I knew, bro. We gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta bulldoze this foundation, and we've gotta build this up block by block by block by block. And that was our plan for at least the first three to six months. We we knew we had to get people in the right positions with the right stories. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, in the in the first three months, you know, the politics kicked in. You know, I knew it was happening. Yeah, bro, I'm not, I'm not gonna play that political game with them. If you if you want to send me home because you believe these freaking bullshit artists, then freaking send me home. And like that's exactly what happened. You know the the, the politics. All of a sudden they want to go in a different direction, and I was like, fine, bro, go in your different direction. You're going in your different direction without me because I knew I knew, bro, that those politicians that won. Well, guess what, bro? Now you have to perform. Okay, bro, you won. Great, good for you. Now you have to perform. And, and 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 that's the thing. They're not capable of it. 
And that's what always happens with politics, bro. If you win and you get to where where you wanted to go, well, guess what, bro? Now you have to perform. And you're not going to be able to, which is why you weren't in the spot in the first place. So I, I literally would blow it up and start from scratch. That's that's a, that's an excellent answer. Yeah. Exactly, exactly what I kind of expected to hear because um, they have like all these toys to play with. You've got a roster that was five times, maybe even ten times the size of what you had to work with in the Attitude Era. Plus, they have an extra hour. Do you think it would have worked back then to have that third hour? Because I know for sure after some of your episodes went off, I would be like dying for more. I couldn't wait for next week to happen. Well, bro, three hours, three hours of anything is too long, bro. Three hours of anything. I mean, man, when, when I when I go to the movies, bro, the first thing I look at is how long the movie is. Like, uh, I'm, I'm like, bro, I want to see the Quentin Tarantino movie, and I'm like, you know, I hear it's pushing three hours, I, bro. I, I I can't sit there for three hours. I'm I'm sorry, man. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, bro, people forget. You know, Ed and I wrote thirteen three hour nitros, and bro, I'll be honest with you. We had no problem doing it. I, I mean, with the roster we had at our fingertips and all the talent they had there, we had no problem doing it, okay? Or no problem at all. But but the, the reality of it is, like, three hours of anything is just way, way too long. How do you feel about the pay-per-views being five, six, seven hours long? Oh, that's <laughs> brutal. Uh, it, it's, it, you know... <laughs> Guys, I'm still trying to understand, like, what, why is that a good idea? Like, what? It's why horrible. That, yeah, horrible. Why do they think that's a good idea? I got to sit through those shows every month, and it's so painful mm-hmm. because they're so long. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Now, let me ask you this, because this is something that, that her and I talk about a lot. I, I'm always trying to wrap my head around this, and who better to ask than the great Vince Russo? What is it about professional wrestling that it gets dissected on this level that is just absolutely laughable and ridiculous? Wrestling fans are just, and not all wrestling fans, some are just passionate because they enjoy the product, but it becomes almost pathetic at times, the way they will no, sit not, there. Not, not at times, all, all the time. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was trying to be nice. I, bro, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, I, some of these people have convinced themselves that wrestling is real. And, bro, I can say that because every week we do castrating the marks and we play their clips. And, bro, for the last two years I've been hearing Keller and Meltzer and Alvarez and Johnson and all these guys, bro, for the last two years, every week. And when you listen to them... Bro, they've convinced themselves that this is real. I mean, my God, bro, Meltzer is going to be 60, October 24th. 60 years old, bro. And I mean, he's still like, is marking out to, you know, 25-year-old Will Ospreay. (laughs) You know, like, you use the word pathetic, you know how pathetic that is? I can picture him curling his hair, laying in his race car bed, watching wrestling. That's like, that's how I picture him. Oh my God, and you know know what it is, bro, like, I I say this all the time. It's a, first of all, bro, I try to be careful because, you know, it, 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 it's an obsession, okay? It's an obsession. I don't know if it's if it's borderline OCD or I'm, I don't know if it is OCD. 
because I have never in my entire life been obsessed with anything to that degree. So it's really hard for me to try to understand, okay, bro, why why is Dave Meltzer so obsessed with this? I've never been obsessed with anything, bro, even as a kid. I mean, you know, freaking, I, I wasn't obsessed with Batman in 1966 when I was five. I, I've never been obsessed in that level. And it's, it's bro, like, I, I was reading the other day, bro, life expectancy for a man is 76 years old. <laughs> Melts is going to be 60. And, and I'm like, bro, you really want to be doing this your last 16 years? Like, go while watching wrestling 20 hours a day and, you know, giving mat, fake matches stars, like... You really want to be doing that your last 16 years on this planet? <laughs> it, it, it blows my mind, oh, bro. Oh, God. Just hearing it out loud, it, it's even more so pitiful stupid. just to hear about it. <laughs> no, bro, that's why I, I said, hey, listen, man, I'm 58, okay? My birthday's in January. Bro, I have already declared when I turn 60 years old, I am never, ever talking about wrestling again. I am never watching wrestling again. I am eliminating it from my life. Now, the brand will continue, and I might have other people that watch the shows and talk about wrestling. Bro, when I turn 60 years old and I'm at the tail end, I am not spending one second of my time associating with wrestling. And uh, it, it, man, bro, pathetic. I mean, it, 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 it's, I don't know if it's pathetic or it's just sad. It, it's just very sad. I mean, bro, he was telling the story the other day. I don't know if you guys heard the show or not. Bro, it's 3.30 in the morning and he was watching G1 or whatever yeah. the hell it was. Bro, yep. he was in his living room yelling and screaming at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> he woke up his son and his son like came out and was like, what's, what's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Like, bro, like, do you, that, that as a dad, I would be so freaking embarrassed, man. <laughs> the only time I yell at the TVs is my New York Giants are getting blown out, and I hope that doesn't oh, happen this year. Giants. Yeah, I'm a big Giants fan, you know. <laughs> oh, there's well, well, that makes two of us in, in, in this room. She hates the Giants because there's this level of anger, and I do feel almost melterish. Where I'm screaming. The things start getting thrown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Giants, no good in this house, man. <laughs> they haven't but been good for a while. But, but, but here's the difference. The Giants, the Giants are real. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah that's true. That, that, that's the freaking difference. The <laughs> Giants are real, you know. So it's like, bro, these, 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 these fights are fake. Like, they're, <laughs> bro, they're play fighting. Like when you play fought in your room, when you were, that, that's what they're doing, bro. When you're sixty years old and you're obsessed with grown men play fighting, man, there's there's something there's something not right. Now, what is it about wrestling, though? Because, like, movies don't get dissected this much. And, like, people will go out there and they, and they will dissect every single move that wrestlers do within a match. They give them star ratings. And it's like, these guys are fake fighting. They have to know that it's not real. Why do they take it to that extreme? What is it about their psyche? Bro, I think this? when you look at all these guys, and, bro, like, you, you can look at them and know. You can look at them and know, bro, these were the guys that were bullied in in school, uh, and I'm not saying that as a joke. These were the guys, bro, that were sitting alone by themselves at the cafeteria table. These were the guys that that weren't associated, you know, with the, you know, with with, with the with the heads or the jocks. Like these were the nerds, and bro, these people were picked on. 
they were bullied. You 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 can tell by looking at them. And then you know, bro, while while they are going through that, they latch on to wrestling. Okay, bro, that that becomes wrestling becomes their safe haven. All of a sudden, bro, here's the difference, man. Here's here's where they go off the edge. You know, you're a Giants fan, bro. I'm a Giants fan. I'm a music fan. I mean, there are bands that I like. There are actors I like. But the key word is fan. Okay, bro? I know my place as a fan. In their minds, bro, they watch so much wrestling, so much wrestling, because they don't have a they don't have a social life. Uh, they don't have a girlfriend. And they become obsessed with this wrestling. And all of a sudden, bro, in their minds... They are now experts in the field. Now, bro, you got a guy like Dave Meltzer, and for whatever reason, other nerds start valuing the opinion of the head nerd. Now, all of a sudden, bro, they're all sitting with him at the at the lunch table in that cafeteria, bro. Now, they're all looking to him to, to get the five stars. Like, bro, he has almost become like the cult leader. So with that now, bro, you know, becomes, they become empowered. And, and I think that's really what has happened, bro, to a lot of these guys. Bro, there isn't a big baseball fan than me on the planet, all right? I watch MLB Network every single day. And, bro, I am in awe. I am in awe by the knowledge of the former players. Like, you know, bro, I, I could listen to John Smoltz talk all freaking day. I am in awe. I listen to them. I'm still learning more about the game. Bro, the equivalent would be, like, what they do to me. Bro, I was there. I did that. I worked for three different companies. I know how it works. And a lot of times I speak on it and, and, and listen listen to listen to the reaction of that crowd. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm a liar. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm, bro, I, I can't believe the react that, that's the equivalent of me watching MLB network and saying, bro, freaking Pedro Martinez doesn't have a clue to what he's talking about when it comes to pitching. It's it's freaking ridiculous, bro, but yeah, bro, th this subculture has killed the business. But, bro, the bottom line is the subculture has always been there. When I was writing for the WWE, WCW, TNA, bro, we laughed at the sub subculture. We laughed at them. And, and I knew, bro, no matter what I put on TV, as long as wrestling is in the marquee, they're going to watch. We need to go after the, the, the television viewers and the casual fans that don't watch this religiously. Those are the people that we need to, to get. And that's what we did, bro. And that's why the numbers went up, because wrestling became cool to everybody. Bro, I never in my life thought I would see the WWE cater to this fan base. Never in my life. And what have they accomplished by catering to this fan base and listening to this fan base and giving this fan base base power? What have they done, bro? They've they've alienated the rest of the world. So now now the wrestling business is a niche market. That's all it is, bro. It's a niche market. It's not going to grow. You've got all these companies now, bro, fighting over a piece of the pie. And that's because somewhere along the lines, 
somebody at the WWE made the decision to start listening to the the loudest voice but the smallest minority, which was a major, major, major error in the marketing of the product. Okay, now, now let me ask you this. What's, what do you think is worse? Do you think the guys behind the curtain that are marks, like the Jim Cornettes that threaten physical harm over something so stupid as wrestling, are people like Dave Meltzer that go ahead and expose it's the both, secrets? It, it, it's both, bro. It, it's both. It, it's the marks and it's the wrestling bubble, bro. It, it's both. It is absolutely both. Bro, I am not a wrestling fan. I, I watch wrestling because it's my job. I, and, bro, I, I've built a nice little brand, you know, be, between Patreon and Twitch and, and the Realm Network. You know, I, I do really well. I got a very, very loyal fan base. Bro, I am not a wrestling fan. I, I hate watching the product. I don't enjoy the product. And it's a combination of the marks and who the crowd is, and who their audience is, and the people in the wrestling bubble that just keep regurgitating the same stuff over and over and over again. Bro, I I always used to say, man, when we used to write the show, bro, the worst thing you can do is insult the intelligence of your audience, man. That is the worst thing you could do. Bro, I'm embarrassed. I'm literally embarrassed when I watch those shows. Why do they take certain people like uh, either John Cena or Roman Reigns and just kind of shove them down our throats over and over and over again to the point where you're sick of seeing them and you don't even want to see them come out anymore? Like, why do they do that? You know, when when we wrote the show, bro, like, we we let it organically happen. You know, if if, if the characters are well-defined these storylines will create themselves. It will organically happen. And bro, you let the you let the numbers dictate. You let the numbers dictate and the fans dictate what you know what what direction you're going into. You literally let the numbers and the fan response write the show. That's what you do, bro. You you, you go with the flow. The the show will organically write itself if you really have clear, defined characters reacting off of each other. No doubt about it. Um, they're, they're back to you know Vince McMahon doing it his way. Mm-hmm. By God, John Cena is going to be a babyface. Yeah. By God, Roman Reigns is going to be a babyface. Bro, if I'm, writing, if I'm writing Raw, and you can go back a couple of years, bro, the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, when freaking Reigns went there, bro, they already knew what the crowd response was going to be from the Philly crowd. They already knew. How did they already knew, bro? Because they had The Rock there. They had The Rock there to try to endorse Roman. Even with The Rock there, that crowd booed him out of the building. Right. Now, bro, if I'm writing that show and I'm listening to this, I'm, I'm getting on my headsets, I'm buzzing the referee, and I'm telling the referee, tell Roman to get up to the second row to the second rope and double bird the crowd. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm doing. Because you know why? That's what Roman Reigns would have done. That's what Roman Reigns would have done. Roman Reigns, in his mind, would have said, you want to boo me out of building? I just busted my ass in this match. You want to boo me out of this building? Well, F you. 
That's what anybody in that now, spot see, that would have been entertaining to watch. <laughs> I would have right. loved that. I would have clapped. Anybody in that spot would have done that. But, that, but bro, the, the minute the writers left the WWE, the minute the writers left, they went right back to baby faces and heels. Now, you would think with a business as large as theirs, why would you hire 40-plus writers for each show when you could just hire two guys to get better results? You mean, it, this, the numbers just don't make sense when you think about it. You guys had it's more success. It's ridiculous, bro. It was when, when we were at the height, it was, it, was, it was two guys, bro. It was me and Ed sitting across from each other writing every single segment of every show and then bringing it to Vince. That was it, bro. That was the writing process. Nobody else was involved. Now, how was uh, your wife reacting to you being on the road all the time? Uh, I mean, bro, she 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 let me do my thing. I, I mean, she let me do my thing. But the fact of the matter is, you know, my my wife was raising. She was a single parent, man. She mm-hmm. she was raising. Um, she was raising three kids by herself. Um, I was so driven to be the absolute best that I could be, and I probably took my family for granted in the process. Um, I, I would never do it again. I, I mean, bro, that's why I look at guys like Bischoff and, and Bruce and those guys like going back at our age. Like, are you out of your freaking mind? Never in a million years, bro, would, would I ever... As, especially at my age, put myself in that position again. So the good thing is, bro, with me, like I learned from my mistakes. I mean, I, you know, 100%, I learned the hard way what's really important in life, what really, really matters. I learned the hard way. But, um, man, it, it was not easy on my wife. Now, do you have any other regrets besides being on the road all the time? Like anything you would change about your career or anything like that? Yeah, bro, I wish, but I couldn't have changed this because it's just me. So I could not have changed this. I just, you know, bro, whatever I do, I always strive to be the best at it. And and what happens is, bro, that, that leads to, you know, tunnel vision. Like you're, you're, you're so focused on one thing that you might be forgetting the things in the background that are really important. And I, I've been that way my whole life, bro. Listen, when, when I owned my video stores, you know, I worked my ass off, bro. I wanted to have the best video store. When when I wrote Raw, I wanted to write the best show I could. Bro, when I podcast, I wanted to do... That's just me, bro. Whatever my name is on, um, I, you know, and I'm leaving that behind. You know, bro, I just take great pride in that. And, and, and that's just me, bro. I, I couldn't have changed that if I wanted to. Now as I get older, you know, I put things in their proper perspective. I know when to, to walk away from something. I know when to shut the computer off. You know, I, I know how to do that now. Back then, bro, I was almost, you know, possessed by it. But, you know, like I said, bro, the good news is I've learned. And that's why I look at some of these guys going back at my age. I mean, my God, bro, freaking Eric Bischoff was living on a ranch in freaking Wyoming. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, like my God, bro, like I, the thought of me leaving the mountains in Colorado 
to go work for the WWE in Stamford, Connecticut at almost 60? Like, oh my, I, I bro, I, I swear to God, bro, Vince McMahon <laughs> could call me tomorrow. I, I am not exaggerating. And he could say, Vince, I will pay you $1 million. Come back and do what you did. Bro, bro, no, like, there's no way. Bro, would I consult? You know, would, would I sit here in my house and watch your show and tell you what's wrong with it and what you need to do? Would, would I have conversations with talent about their character via Skype? Yeah, bro, I would do all that. But to change my lifestyle at this point in my life, bro, you couldn't pay me all the money in the world. Well, I will, Vince McMahon, if you're listening, I will take that money. <laughs> Give me a million bucks. Well, bro, I'll go and do something. I will tell you this. You would take that money and you would be absolutely miserable. I bet. Without a shadow of a doubt. All right, let's not talk about wrestling for a minute. Let's talk about Disco Inferno. Why do you hang around uh, that guy? Why do you hang around that guy? Oh, God, bro. <laughs> uh, I, 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 probably out of pity. <laughs> That's what I was uh, thinking. Probably because I feel sorry for him, because I know he doesn't have many friends, bro. You know, he's always got that sad sack look on his face with those those inset eyes and that huge freaking honker. It, it's probably pity more out of anything. One of these days, we're gonna be watching a Royal Rumble, and that Disco Fever song is gonna hit, and that arena is gonna blow up. Oh, I think I think people God. miss him. I think people miss Disco Inferno. Bro, I, I would, would mark pop it. so huge. If that <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, can can we talk about the brand real quick? Because I know that's your baby. That's that's the most important thing you got going on right now, as far as business goes. Um, you and Jeff Lane have been together for a while. How, how did that relationship start? Yeah, no, bro, I started doing Pyro and Ballyhoo like five years ago, and he was just really a fan, man. He was a fan of my work at the WWE. Um, you know, he started contributing a little bit at Pyro and Ballyhoo. Um, and then when I was just kind of ready to blow the thing up, I just called him and I said, listen, man, I, you know, I know you've been doing a lot of work, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, you know, he just really started working you know, more on a full-time basis for the brand, and that's kind of how it started. Okay, now, uh, something else I, I did want to ask you about. Um, Vic Venom, returning after 20 years away from the business. What can people expect with the return uh, of Vic bro, Venom? Um, listen, I, don't, listen I, I, I watched the Dave Chappelle um, stand-up the other night on Netflix, and I was so inspired, bro. I, I am so sick and tired of not being able to say what I what I really, 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 really want to say. I, I am so tired, but bro, of the snowflake landscape and everybody being offended and everybody looking to label you. I am so tired of that. And uh, you know, that's why, bro, I had to give I, I had to give a call to the only person I knew that is not gonna let that phase him that I know is going to say exactly what he feels regardless of what the consequences are and that's that's Vic Venom and 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 I'm looking forward to it bro I'm looking forward to it because that's what that, that's what we need we 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 need to get back to listen man this is how we feel this is our opinion take it or leave it love me or hate me I don't freaking care I'm not going to uh, uh, you know, suppress, you know, the feelings anymore, bro. Whatever I think, 
I'm going to say, and I, I think uh, there are a lot of people in for a rude awakening. I'm definitely, for one, looking forward to it. There's one other passion that you have. Uh, probably your your most downloaded episode, I'm sure. I think you might have mentioned it once. is when you had Janelle Evans on your show. Now, my wife here is a huge <laughs> fan of Teen Mom. I watch Teen Mom too. I don't watch Teen Mom OG. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to ask you what you thought about all all the stuff that she's been going through the last few months with the with the, the custody and the dog and her and I, husband. I, you, and... I, 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 you know, I was a big fan of the show, I, and I don't know how I wound up falling into yeah. that world where I interviewed half of them. I don't even know how that happened. But um, I actually had personal conversations with Janelle, and I swear to God, man, I feel so sorry for her. I mean, you know, this is the this is the classic story of, you know, this is a girl that did not have a father, did not mm-hmm. have the love of a father, you know, got raised by her mother, and and always looking for that. You know, always looking for that male influence in her life, which which led her to bad boy after bad boy after bad boy. And I mean, my God, like I I, I felt when I was talking to a lot of these girls, like I felt like I was their father. I mean, that one I was that Caitlin, like didn't want to listen to a word I had to say, like, you know, like like the wrestlers today. And and like after my conversation with her, I was like, I, I just tapped out. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm really trying to help you. Like, and you, you're, you're having this attitude and you're, you're trying to get over with your little 16 year old teen mom fans, you know, screw them. I am trying to help you as a human being, but like with Janelle, like I really, really felt bad for her. And I, I, I was very sympathetic, but bro, there comes a point in your life. You got to smarten up. Like yeah. <laughs> there just comes a point where you like, okay, you're old enough. You know, now you have got, I, I lost track of how many kids you have. You gotta smarten up. You you yeah. can't keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And I mean, I feel that like literally, she has put herself in a position where like she may be like in physical harm, and like that really concerns me. But it's like, you know, if you don't smarten up, like there's really nothing else anybody else can do for you. I completely agree with you. I just, I feel like her mother isn't very supportive either. So I don't know where she has to turn. You know, she keeps getting with these horrible, horrible people. And there's nothing she can do. You know, that's the thing. Sometimes you've got to find it within. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the only person you could depend on is yourself. And let me tell you, man, when, when you have children, like everything changes because it becomes all about them it doesn't it's not about you anymore bro that, that's when a lot of things changed in my life bro like I, you know I, I am so proud now of see these are the things where people oh bro you got regrets and wrestling and this and that and that I am so proud of when I look back now 1999 20 years ago and I look back now when Vince McMahon told me to, to, to hire a nanny to watch my kids, mm-hmm. okay? And I basically said, F you, bro. You just opened up my eyes. You don't give a shit about me. You don't give a shit about my family. And my family is the most important thing to me. And, and that opened up my eyes. I walked away. 
I've never regretted it for a second, okay? But now, bro, fast forward 20 years later, my oldest son just had a kid who just turned a year old. So now my son can look at his dad's track record and my son can see, you know, bro, when Vince McMahon, you know, wanted, you know, wanted Vince Russo, wanted my dad to make his family second, my dad said, thank you, but no thanks, and walked away. My son can see that now and understand because now he has a child. Bro, there is nothing in the world that is more valuable than that. Nothing. Not all the money in the world, no wrestling show, no <coughs> WrestleMania, nothing. And you know, and here I am 20 years later and I look back at that decision and I'm like, man, I am so I am so happy I made that to to set an example for my own kids. That's a hell of an answer because there's, there's, I mean, you can make more money, but you can't make up time. So that's, I mean, that's yeah. very admirable. I, I just watched. Did you see that money with? Um, did you see that movie, uh, The Last uh, Clint Eastwood, The Mule? No, I didn't get to see that. No, one. I heard it was good. Uh, though. Great movie, and that's exactly <laughs> what he said. He said, "I made all the money. I could have bought whatever I wanted. The only thing I couldn't buy was time." And and that's why, like I said, I look at myself at sixty, and I look at these guys going back. <laughs> like, bro, you can't, I can't buy time. And like, I, I take it very seriously, bro. Life expectancy is, is 76. Let's, so let me go by that. <laughs> 16 years, bro, in these 16 years I have left, I am going to do what I want to do every single day. Um, and I, I just, you know, people had, bro, Dave Meltzer at 60, all wrapped up in this wrestling world. I can't, bro, I, I, I just, I can't even fathom that. I can picture him sleeping with those old school wrestling buddies. Remember those old school wrestling buddy oh, dolls? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> him, him, him in his race car bed. Oh, my goodness. Right, well, I got one more question for free events. Uh, your 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 Westwood show is is in. You, you, I don't know if you recorded it yet, or you're still. I did. I'm done. I'm done. I recorded my last show on Tuesday, and it drops. No, I recorded my last show on Thursday yesterday, and it drops on Tuesday. What's next for the brand? Oh boy, oh god, there's a lot of things. I mean, first of all, you know, Vic Venom is going to start on Patreon exclusively. He's, you're not going to see him anywhere else exclusively on Patreon starting September 17th. And you, we, we lowered our tier so you can listen to the show. You need to go to patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. The big news with the brand is starting in October, there's going to be three brand new shows. Three brand new shows. Damn. Those shows are going to be like on a separate <laughs> tier. They're going to be supplemental. If you want the three extra shows, there's going to be a minimum a minimal price that you could pay for them to have them. You see, the thing is, like I did it. The brand is less than a dollar a week. Okay, I did not want to raise the subscription price. I, I didn't want to raise it. I, I want to stay there. I like being able to say you get 12 shows a week for less than a dollar a week. So I did not want to raise the price, but with the work of three extra shows, I mean, that takes time and that yeah. takes money and I have to pay other people. 
So rather than raise the price, I'm going to create like a supplemental tier. If you want these three shows, you could pay a minimal amount and you could add them on to your brand subscription. And bro, all three shows are like freaking dynamite. I mean, like ab absolutely dynamite. And uh, I'm, I'm going to wait till, till Vic uh, debuts on Patreon. And then, you know, once he gets settled in, uh, then I will, you know, I will explain to everybody, you know, the new shows that are going to be added to the brand. And that's uh, Russo'sBrand.com. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you want to plug before we leave, like your Twitter or your Twitch or anything like that? Yeah, it's just I'm on Twitch, like, all the time. All the time I'm on Twitch. <laughs> I'm always interacting. I'm interacting right now. I love the platform. That's Twitch.tv forward slash Vince Russo Live. And always on Twitter at the Vince Russo. Well, Vince, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. You really uh, provided a lot of entertainment. And uh, <laughs> seriously, like I used to wear wrestling shirts to school just because you made it cool to do so. And uh, I really wish you would come back and save at least a Divas Division, put them on their own show, give them an hour every week, and let Vince write it. I'd be happy with that. Oh man, we we guy we we were talking about that. God, see that's the thing, the Diva Revolution, this and that. My God, bro, me, me and Dutch Mantel were talking about, you know, the knockouts having their own show on Spike. Bro, we, we, we were talking about that in 2005. Like, you know, 15 years ago, we were like, the girls need to have their own show. They need to have a one-hour show, and the show would draw. So that's why I hear about, oh, women's revolution, this, that. Come on. Like, the, the knockouts, you know, at TNA... And as hard as those girls worked and the numbers those girls were drawing and, you know, they went from one match on a show to two matches per show. I mean, there was a woman's revolution a long, long time ago. And, um, you know, even with the women, man, you know, they're, they're just becoming wrestlers. You know, they're they're It's not special anymore. And that isn't on them. You know, the, the at the end of the day, the wrestlers don't write the show. And, and that's what I say, man. It, it, if it was a bad wrestling show, um, you know, it, it was on me. Um, and when I say bad wrestling show, I don't mean based on your opinion. I mean based on the numbers. If I wrote a bad wrestling show that did not draw, that is on me. It's not on the performance. It's on me. You know, I just found out something, like, really interesting uh, just to put everything in its proper perspective. You guys hear over and over and over and over, to nauseum, Vince Russo killed WCW. There was a book written about it. Vince Russo killed WCW. Vince Russo killed WCW. Vince Russo killed WCW. Well, bro, this past week, Monday Night Raw, under the, un, under the helm of the genius Paul Heyman, Monday Night Raw dropped in ratings for the third week in a row. Now, bro, when I saw that number, I knew immediately. I knew immediately. My last six month, my, my last six month run at WCW. You know, when I killed the company, my last six month run. I knew, bro. <laughs> there is no way in the world the ratings drop three weeks in a row. There is absolutely no way in the world. So what did I do, bro? I went back to the ratings history. I did a little research online. My last six months at WCW, never once did the ratings go down three weeks in a row, ever. 
the most the ratings ever went down would, was two weeks, and then they would come back the next week. So literally, under under the pen of Paul Heyman, three weeks in a row now, the ratings have gone down. So I, I have to ask the question, is Paul Heyman killing the WWE? I mean, if, if I kill WCW and the ratings never in the last six months that I wrote went down three weeks in a row, ever, and he just accomplished that, well, like, why isn't Paul Heyman killing WWE? Like, I, I, I just, I don't understand the double standard. But see, this is this is the problem with wrestling. Nobody wants to deal with truth and reality. Nobody wants to deal with truth and reality. What they want to deal with, bro, is excuses. And 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 it, and if you if you deal in truth and reality, and you talk how it is, and you base everything on fact, bro, you are the enemy. Okay, bro, they don't want to hear that. And here's why they don't want to hear it deep down inside. Because they know you're right. And they, they know there's no argument. Why do you think none of these dirt sheet writers ever come on my show? They, they have carte blanche. They have an open invitation. Bro, I, I do a live Skype on Twitch every Saturday night. Live on Skype on Twitch. <coughs> Anybody can call in and say whatever they want. Why do you think nobody comes face-to-face? They don't come face-to-face, bro, because when you look at numbers, there is no argument. You, you have no defense. You could, you could spit out your opinion all freaking day long. Your opinion does not matter. What matters are the hard facts. But like I said, bro, the, 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 the most pathetic thing in wrestling today is nobody wants to deal with, with, with reality and nobody wants to deal with truth. It's true. Very true words from a great man, Vince Russo. <laughs> we love you, man. You're phenomenal. We're going to put all your links up in our podcast description so all of our people can find you where... You know, on everything, man. You put out a lot of content. We appreciate it. Twelve shows a week. We got to separate. I'm just damn tired. <laughs> you have people listening on Twitch now. T- tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, we're on uh, at Voices of Misery on Twitter, uh, Twitch.tv/slash Voices of Misery Podcast, and you can always Gmail us if you want to come on the show or you got some questions, concerns, or anything like that. It's Voices of Misery Podcast at Gmail Wait a minute. Hold the phone. <laughs> Hold the phone, dude. <laughs> What's up? You are you. Your show is on Twitter. Well, we have a Twitter link. We have a Twitch thing that we do, kind of, kind of like your, yours. Your show is on Twitch. Yes, sir. Why aren't we doing that hosting gimmick? Well, the thing see, is, you, you see, <laughs> he's finding out we're shady now. Oh, see? that's. <laughs> why are we? Why, why aren't we doing a hosting gimmick with well, each other? Well, we've been doing this show now for about eight, eight months now, and uh, we have a lot of controversial topics. We say a lot of things, you know, that probably aren't... We're, 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 we're kind of like, <laughs> like less popular Vic Venoms. So, <laughs> so we say some things out there that aren't very very popular. So there's, you know, there's like a Mark job out there you got to protect and things like that. And she talks shit about her father a lot and <laughs> doesn't want to be found out. All right, so, well, if you guys ever want to do that, just let me know. You got it, buddy. Thank you for coming on, Vince. Ladies and gentlemen, the great venture. Right, anytime, man. Anything I can do for you guys, you know, please just let me know, man. Thanks, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right, guys. Take care. You too.
We just want to say another thank you to Vince Russo. That was phenomenal. Um, great storyteller. Very entertaining guy. Very nice guy. Very yeah, funny guy. He's awesome. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> we talked a little bit too much about wrestling this time around, and I know Vince hates wrestling. We hate wrestling, but that's what yeah, you guys it was wanted interesting. to hear. He had interesting yeah. stories and a point of view. I, that's what I wanted to hear. And, and the thing is, like, it's important to get a perspective out there from someone who's actually done it in the business. A lot of those guys, like Meltzer and those guys that he was talking about and bringing up, they have no clue. They're just guys on the outside. They're, they're no different than us. They have a couple connections, you know, and now we have a couple connections. So we just wanted to stop and uh, just say thank you again to Vince Russo. Phenomenal uh, storyteller. We hope you guys from the Russo brand uh, continue to listen to our show. Go back and listen to some stuff, man. we got some pretty interesting things you might mm-hmm. want to hear that relate to your regular life. We don't do the Episodes wrestling. Episodes on everything. Yeah. Everything you can think of, we got something. Yeah, if, if, you're, if, if you're sick of wrestling and you want to change in your playlist while you're driving in your car, check out some Voices of Misery episodes and pass them along to your friends and just tell people about us, man. We appreciate you, and we thank you for listening, and we hope you continue listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, it is I, Bin Hameen, commanding all of you to join the wrestling revolution, the underground of media, and follow our brothers at Voices of Misery on Twitter and subscribe to their podcast because they support HackerHameen.Podbean.com and you will go support VoicesOfMisery.Podbean.com because there is no more misery when you leave those FM Mark channels and you join the media underground of Voices of Misery and HackerHameen.Podbean.com. Rise and praise, y'all. <laughs>